Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Peters podcast. And guys, in today's episode, I'm super excited to announce that I'm joined by former top 50 Juco recruit and now Kansas State Wildcat DB, Kobe Savage. Kobe, thank you for coming on today, my guy. I'm super excited to talk to you and learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Hey, absolutely. Now, Kobe, before we do start talking about, you know, your pretty interesting uh, journey to, you know, get to where you're at now, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, how you got into football, why you got into football, you know, some of the little details that we may not know about you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at a young age, at the age, I think of four, my mom signed me up for some flag football and just, was just around some churches because I wasn't able to play tackle yet due to my age. And so I just fell in love with the game at an early age, playing with all my friends, just the physicality of it and just the teamness of it. I fell in love with it. And ever since then, I've just been playing football my whole life. Uh, started playing junior high ball, high school ball, fell in love with it at Paris High and then took it from there. Now, you know, the one funny thing is, is I saw that, you know, you're from Paris. I'm actually from Bonham, Texas. So you're pretty much right down the road from me. So that was pretty cool knowing that, you know, we're kind of from the same stomping ground, so to speak. But, you know, Kobe, like you talked about, your mom signed you up for flag football at a really young age. You know, when you did first start playing football, you know, kind of what was the first position that you played? Was it on the defensive side or were you kind of like a Swiss Army knife, so to speak? Yeah, I'd say I was probably like a Swiss Army knife. I remember in uh, my first tackle football game, I was a receiver for one play, corner, running back, safety, linebacker, anything. I just I just love being out there. I didn't want to come off the field, so I tried to learn as many positions as I could at a young age and just get an understanding of the game, really, from the different aspects and how key pieces move. But, yeah, um, just playing different positions, I feel like, helped me uh, throughout my football career. I got you. And absolutely, you get to learn kind of the tendencies for when you do play against that certain position. Like, for example, you know, now where you're playing currently on the defensive side of the football, you can take those tendencies that you that you kind of learned when you did play wide receiver and use that against your opponents. And definitely you've done that so far this season against all those teams you've played. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, um, you know, Kobe, if you don't mind, just, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, kind of your early childhood, you know, kind of how you were raised and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I was raised by my mom and dad and my both of my grandparents. I had both of my grandparents and parents in my life. I had a great childhood, lived with my mom for the most part of my life. And uh, I mean, I grew up in the country from, I'd say, to all my life, even now, I'd say I'm still living in the country, being in Kansas. But now I am uh, grew up in a small town in East Texas, Paris and Silver Springs, was raised in both towns. I love both of them with all my heart. Um, I love where I'm from. Grew up with uh, too many friends, but uh, <laughs> gotcha. a good friend I can remember, like my best friend, my brother, Keiston Willis, that's my dog. Me and him were basically raised the same. We grew up being competitive with one another, playing all the sports, uh, doing all that. So. Yeah, I've had a pretty good childhood. My childhood was really good. I had both my parents, grandparents, uh, really supportive in my life. Hey, absolutely. And it's always good to kind of have that great support system, especially when, you know, you are in athletics and everything like that. You know, they're always showing up to your games, cheering you on, you know, just being fully supportive. So that's cool to know that, you know, we kind of are pretty much cut from the same cloth, so to speak, you know, both being from pretty much North Texas. I mean, you're obviously more East. I'm kind of more Central, but so, you know, still kind of the same area, but, um, you know, this is about you, Kobe. So let's continue to talk a little bit more about you. So, so you said you also did live in Sulphur Springs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, born in Sulphur Springs, born and raised. Okay. So you were born in Sulphur Springs. And so when did you uh, move to Paris? I moved to Paris going into my seventh grade. I started middle school at Paris high or at Paris uh, middle school. I got you. I got you. And, you know, Kobe, to this point, were you playing any other sports besides football? 
Yeah, I ran track a lot. That was uh, another passion I had. And then I played a little bit of basketball. I didn't, I really wasn't a basketball type of guy, but I, I did track. I really like track. I got you. So it's kind of like one of those things where the coaches are like, you know, we just want to put you in two different sports and everything like that. Um, you know, Kobe, and also I want to ask you too, and I probably should ask you this a little bit early on, but, you know, growing up, did you have like a favorite college football team that you like to follow? Man, uh, being from Texas, everybody wanted to be a Texas Longhorn or just anywhere in Texas. I, I really like Texas Longhorns and TCU. Those are like my dream schools growing up. Like that's what I wanted to be because of Vince Young, uh, Colt McCoy, Ricky Williams, all those guys. And TCU had Trayvon Boykin, Ladanian Tomlinson, my favorite running back. I just, I wanted to go there so bad, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm blessed to be where I'm at right now. Hey, absolutely. You know, God, all you know, he has a different path for all of us. And obviously your path is doing so good for you so far. I know you, you know, you came a lot of obstacles, but to get where you're at now, man, I mean, seriously, it truly is a blessing. But, um, you know, anyway, Kobe, so when you, you know, now you're in Paris, you know, you've kind of settled down and everything like that. You know, what were some notable differences for you personally going from Sulphur Springs, where you've been raised your whole entire life to this point, to now you're in a whole different environment, to now you got to make, you know, whole different relationships, also have new coaches. So how did that transition kind of go for you personally? I'd say it went very well being Sulphur Springs. I had a lot of friends, but Paris, I had a lot of family. So it was, it was really good being around just people that I knew that was blood related. And I'd say the competition definitely rose. It being a smaller town, like there was so much competition in Paris. It allowed me to understand like the competition vibe of football and how that I need to bring it every player. I could be replaced by anybody, but I feel like uh, Paris really made me who I am, made me tough, uh, strong, just willing to work uh, for everything I got. But yeah, I, I really enjoy Paris. I love Paris, uh, love Silver Springs both, but I feel like the transition was really easy. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And, you know, definitely being in the 903, you know what I'm saying? Definitely uh, small town uh, environment and everything like that. So, but um, Kobe, for you also, if you don't mind, just talk to us a little bit about how your high school experience was, you know, on the field and off the field. Man, high school was amazing. I, I, I missed them Friday night lights. But I'd say uh, overall, high school went pretty good. Um, my junior year, I played strictly quarterback. I played quarterback from seventh grade all the way up to – my senior year, I never played. Uh, I didn't get to play defense like that. I played a little bit of DB. That's crazy. Team. Yeah, but I, I've always been a quarterback. And so my junior year, we were spread offense. So I got to throw the ball a little bit here and there. And then my senior year, we went to a wing T. So I was strictly running the ball, quarterback. And then um, before the season started, our coach had me at Mike linebacker. <laughs> I was like 175. 11. Yeah, you're a linebacker? Mike, too. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I was at Mike, and then uh, I seen one of my homeboys, Hendo. He's really my cousin, but I just call him my homeboy. And uh, he was playing DB, and he was just turning up, having fun. And I remember we had a camp that summer before, and I just went to DB, and I got an offer. So I ended up asking Coach to move me to safety. And from then on, I had a great season at safety and got a couple Division two offers. Hey, I got you. I got you. And if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about, you know, getting that first offer. You know, even though it's D2, it's still, you know, college right. football. So at that time, how were you feeling getting that first offer? Man, it felt amazing because I've always thought of like going to college, but I never really Twitter wasn't like as it is now back then. So I didn't know too much about like offers and stuff like that. Yeah. I like the, you know, the bigger six, four type freak athletes, like they're going to get them. But nah, it was, it was amazing. They held a little uh, camp. It was Southeastern State, Oklahoma. I'll never forget it. They held a little camp at my high school because our coach was a really good friends with the head coach. And uh, I ended up just going from quarterback to DB because it because there was less people on that line. And I, I had a good time locking some guys up, uh, performing well at the camp. And 
they offered me in front of all my friends. So it just it boosted my confidence from then on. And that's amazing. And also, you know, like we talked about a little bit earlier on, you know, you had your parents, your grandparents, you know, how did they react when you told them that you got your, you know, your first ever, you know, collegiate offer? I remember they were turned up. I mean, to me, it didn't matter if it was D2 or D1 at the time, just, just getting that first offer. So I knew they were going to be excited if I was excited over it. But yeah, they were just really excited because I mean, it's an opportunity for uh, getting some of my college paid for, whether it be partial or full. So yeah, they're really excited when they heard the news. Hey, I love to hear that. I love to hear that. So, and you know, Kobe, ultimately when, ultimately when it came down to you deciding where you wanted to go to college, you know, you decided to go to AM Commerce, which at the time, you know, it was only like 10, 15 minutes down the road from Sulphur Springs, you know, pretty close to home. So kind of what, what were some factors that made you want to ultimately commit to Texas A&M at Commerce? Really, uh, I compared all my options together and then Commerce came in the picture really late. And I just, I mean, growing up, you know, we're from East Texas. Like we all always seen was Commerce. Like that was like the biggest school around. Oh, so yeah, I'm, for sure. Yeah, just seeing seeing guys like uh, Buck Wilson and all them guys shine there. It made me realize, like, I mean, I probably could do it at home, but whenever I got there, it's just, I, I just looked at my class, not the class above me, because the classes above me, those, like, those were freak athletes. So I thought Division One was going to be even crazier, because I've seen some guys like Dominique Ramsey, Cater Kohu, who's playing in the league right now for the Dolphins, making an impact. Uh, uh, Darius Williams, he's going crazy at Commerce, definitely probably will get drafted some type of way. Just different guys like that, that made me realize, like, yeah, I could, I could definitely bet on myself and go Juco. Hey, absolutely. And, you know, you kind of, you know, already, you're already a professional at this. You already know how the whole thing is going and everything like that. So, you know, when you do look back at your time at Commerce, you know, what are some positives that you take away from that experience? Um, I'd say just understanding college, like being able to understand the university routine, whether it's waking up, like being in a routine for sure. Uh, whether it's waking up at 6 a.m., you got to be there at a certain time, wear this, be here, be there, wear that, wear this. I feel like that helped me a lot with my transition from JUCO to K-State. I feel like it put me in a better position than most guys just coming straight out of JUCO to a university. Um, understanding how it's really a business. I mean, junior college is a business, but like a university is a, a business for real. You can be replaced. You can be, you can start over a guy. You can take a guy's spot. It's, it's whether you want it or not, like it's, it's strictly business. But um, just a lot of different aspects of a university and how programs work. I feel like commerce definitely helped me with that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to prepare you, like you said, for when you did end up at K-State, which is obviously Power 5 school, you know, definitely one of the bigger schools in the Midwest. So, but, um, but anyway, so like you talked about, you know, you decided to take the JUCO route for two years. So if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about that experience down at uh, Tyler. Man, that was, JUCO was definitely an experience. That was one of my favorite experiences, I'd say. Um, when I first got there, uh, COVID had hit. So it was like, uh, like, I don't know, like, am I right for doing this? Am I wrong for doing this? It was very, it was a very trying time, I'd say. I mean, Juco, you can ask any Juco athlete whether he went to Alabama or not. It's, it's tough. Like, you can be at your happiest, you can be at your lowest. So just not having any games in the fall was pretty tough. All we did was practice every day, full pass, scrimmage, scrimmage each other, just trying to get some film to make it out. We ended up playing that spring season I had got hurt the very first game, rolled my ankle, and it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted. And I had two Division One offers, but they were just little FCS schools, no knock to FCS. But I just I just thought that like I went JUCO for a reason. I don't want to just go up one level because Commerce is going to be FCS. What's the point? I could have just went back. So I ended up deciding to come back for an actual season that fall. 
And that was like probably the best decision I ever made. Just, I, I felt like God had gave me a vision that whole summer. Just, I could just see a school, like a big stadium and me playing under all the lights. And so I ended up having a, an amazing season with Tyler. I made a lot of friends, a lot of connections. I made friends from New York, New Mexico, Hawaii, places I never would even dreamt of like meeting people from. Yeah, it's amazing though. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a great experience. I, 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 I don't know, I can't believe it. it was, it's really amazing, especially where it's brought me. But yeah, um, Juco was definitely a great choice. It turned me into a man. It allowed me to really appreciate football because once you go Juco, it's, it's no stars, don't know that no more until you earn them. Like you got to really earn your stripes, all that. He's this, he had these offers. No, you got to, it could be a D3 dude ready to get on a power five dude's tail every play. So all yeah. that's out the window. Hey, absolutely. And I'm glad you're kind of shedding some more light to that, because I think people get kind of caught up in the whole star system. Like, you know, for example, people think when you're a five star, you're automatically going to be great the second you step on a college campus, which is nowhere near the truth. And I hate that because and I hate that fact because I hate how these three star kids, two star kids, one star kids, kids that aren't even ranked. They get so overlooked due to the sheer fact of hype that you see on social media nowadays. And, you know, we talked a little bit about Twitter and how it's kind of evolutionized so to speak the whole recruiting process and you know it's it and that's why I like to do that's why I like to do these interviews is talk to a lot of the guys that you know had actually like had to really work to get where they're at today you know what I'm saying they didn't just get handed and I'm not saying those guys you know they just got handed to them but you know the guys that had to you know take a smaller d1 school take a real huge shot on themselves go to juco like you did and then end up at the power five level but you know anyway Kobe so you know obviously breakout season for you during that second season at Tyler you know you started to get a lot more attention and everything like that so talk to me a little bit about what it was about K-State that truly wanted that truly attracted you to end up at Manhattan I'd say really uh the first thing that stood out to me was my coach or actually not even that it was when they called me we had a a bowl game against Coffeyville Community College at at Commerce which is really crazy we went back to Commerce that's crazy yeah it was really crazy went in a full circle and another crazy thing is the head coaches there didn't even act like he knew me, the one that recruited me. So that's down. You know how that goes. But anyway, so we were at Commerce and we ended up beating them 28 to 7. They called me at halftime and I told them I was playing a game. We were winning. Like, I mean, I didn't want to answer it, but I seen it was a different number. So I knew it was a coach. And I always kept my phone on alert for any coaches. So I answered it. And all I heard was, it's so and so from K State. And I instantly locked into it. Like, What's up? What's up? They'll be like, we'll call you after the game. So after the game, we got back on the bus to go back to Tyler and they ended up offering me. I made the whole bus get quiet. It was just, it was an amazing feeling. And I don't know, it's, I I had a decent amount of offers, but it was just the way they went about doing everything, like handling business. Uh, Coach Klanerman literally flew down from Kansas, spent three hours with me just talking about ball and film watched me do drills and stuff, uh, said, how, said how much he liked my film. That's that's the basic, just being a like a cool coach. And then when we went up there for my visit, they treated my mom like a queen. Uh, my position coach, my mom, and my mom's, my position coach's wife and my mom are like best friends now. They were drinking at the bars. Just everybody was having just a good time. It was their whole family and friends. And it was just really authentic. And it's still been authentic since I've been up here. So I really enjoy this staff. They just were open to everything, answered all my questions. I told them I just want an opportunity. I don't want no guaranteed starting spot. I just want an opportunity to compete for a starting spot. That's all I want. And I just want my school paid for it. And that's what they did for me. So I'm, I'm going to be forever grateful here. Hey, absolutely. I'm amazing. I, and that's cool you talked a little bit about, you know, your uh, 
you know, your coach being best or your coach's wife being best friends with your mom pretty much and establishing all those relationships because that's the one thing that you definitely want when you do make a decision like you did to go up to K-State. So, um, and also Kobe for you too, you know, K-State, they have produced some pretty solid DBs, you know, most recently DJ Reed, who's with the New York Jets right now. So, I mean, did that also kind of factor into, into it as well as just, you know, simply how great a lot of the coaches are here on this K-State staff? Oh, definitely. Whenever I met Coach Clayman, I knew he was probably one of the smartest coaches I've ever talked to. And then his resume of just putting some guys in the league, like they just had a guy this past season, uh, Russ Geese, go to the league. They had, like you said, DJ Reed, AJ Parker, just a whole, like a plethora of guys that had opportunities to go that maybe just pursued different careers. So yeah, I feel like, and, he, and they don't even have to be freak athletes. They, he just puts them in the right position, gives them the right tools and aspects of the game to use and the higher levels and uh, just different style of play to make you play better, whether you're a short guy who's slow or a big, tall, fast guy, like he's going to teach you the same way. That way you'll have different tools in your back to utilize against others. Hey, absolutely, Kobe. And I also got to ask you too, you know, when you first did step on campus up uh, um, up in Manhattan, you know, what were some of the first things that you noticed, you know, going from Tyler Ju uh, Junior College to now you're, you know, up in Manhattan, Kansas, where I'm telling you them Wildcat fans, they love that school to death. So talk to me a little bit about that that transition. I'd say when I first got up here, it was the springtime. So it was so much snow. Like, I'm, you know, we're from Texas. It's, oh, yeah. It's it's unheard of. Yeah. It'll get a little frosty. Like, I mean, we'll get a little snow. But, man, it was like three to five inches every day snow. And they don't cancel class. They're not going to cancel class for nothing. Oh, they yeah. No. Weird, all that. It's, it's, it's go time. So, but now I enjoyed it a lot. The people here are really nice. Uh. They welcomed me. They were, uh, I still get letters to this day from the same person when I first got here, just telling me how proud she was of me getting here, just different fans. And um, some, I got to FaceTime some kid later on for his birthday. So, I mean, there, it's and really that's cool though. That's cool. It is. It's really, it's really welcoming. I, I really love it here. I don't, I don't ever see myself leaving. And uh, I really enjoy the fan base. I, I like the little area. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me a little bit of East Texas, just a little bit like a little country, small town. So I like it a lot here. Hey, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely another thing. Kind of the you, the biggest thing you're also going to want is that family environment. You know what I'm saying? You know, because sometimes yeah. going to these huge universities, say like Bama, Georgia and all them, you know, it does you don't really feel as comfortable like you're at home. But like you said, being at K-State up there in Manhattan, it kind of feels like home, you know, and it feels yeah. like you really haven't left Texas besides, you know, the freezing cold winters and all that dang snow. But, you know, we can always adapt to that and everything. But sure, so anyway, you know, Kobe, if you don't mind, talk to, talk to me a little bit about, you know, your first game putting on the silver and purple and how that felt being under the bright lights of uh, Bill, uh, Bill Snyder Stadium. It was it was really I don't even know how to put it into words, because when we first walked, when we first jogged out there, there was a lot of people, but we were just warming up. The stadium was starting to get packed or whatever, and we just had our little warm ups. So we go inside and it gets real quiet. I already knew the game was sold out because they had posted like a week before. It's really quiet. And all you hear. It's just like you can just hear the crowd, the band just thumping, thumping, thumping. So we get we get into the tunnel. I have my helmet on. I'm just locking in, just thinking about different plays that can happen, like not even thinking about the fans. They blow the smoke. All the fireworks go off. I look around and I see straight purple. I don't see nothing else but purple. Everybody's screaming, <laughs> yelling. If I could just feel it through my body and it made me turn up like I I could I feel like I could run through a wall. I didn't feel tired at all. It just I don't know. It's, it's something amazing about having that crowd there, even the fans cheering against you like it's just I don't know it just gives you that extra boost but it, it was amazing I feel like I was more nervous playing my Juco game than I was here because they just made me feel at home like they just made me feel welcomed and so open but it, it was amazing I, I really enjoyed it that was a great game 
Nah, that's that's really cool to hear, you know, because I mean, obviously they have one of the more passionate fan bases up there in K-State, probably in all of college football. So yeah. now, you know, I've got to ask you that or, you know, I've got to, you know, let you talk a little bit about this game because, you know, y'all kind of the trendsetters. So we're going we're going to go back a, about a week or so. You know, y'all traveled down to Norman, Oklahoma to face the big, bad Oklahoma Sooners. You know, talk to me a little bit because that was kind of your uh, kind of welcome party to the whole nation knowing about who Kobe Savage was. So talk to me a little bit about how that game went and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, we we go down to Norman. Instantly, our buses are traveling through like enemy territory. Everybody's flipping us off, uh, throwing thumb down at us while we're just riding through uh, our little travel bus. We get on the field. It's packed. Like I'd say, like 80K, 85K people is is jumping. Like it's, it's just a sea of red, but that just made us play hard. I mean, I just kept telling my teammates, like, it's us over them. Like they came to see us play. Like they're going to talk crazy. It is what it is. We just got to stay level-headed, stay into it. And I mean, we trusted Coach Game Plan, and he put me in great positions to make plays on the ball and make great tackles. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, but it was a – it was definitely different. Like, it that – just playing in a Big 12 game is amazing. It's so much competition, so much just different aspects. It feels like an NFL game. It feels like you're just playing fast. Like your body moves faster naturally just because you're playing with guys like Marvin Mims, Dylan Gabriel, uh, that number zero they had at running back. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Eric Gray, yeah. Yeah, Eric Gray, guys like that. Though, Yeah, they're going to make your body move faster. You're going to feel like you're hitting a lot harder, So especially with the lights and the cameras in your face. So it, it was a great game. I really enjoyed that game. Now, also, you know, you know, you could be humble and everything, but also, Kobe, you did have yourself a hell of a game against that Oklahoma, uh, you know, special, special, uh, special room, so to speak, with all those wide receivers. You talked a little bit about Marvin Mims and all those guys. You know, y'all were kind of clamping them down a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, y'all definitely didn't let them get, you know, get their way, so to speak. So, you know, how how was the kind of the energy in the in the uh, the defensive back room after the game, knowing that y'all really did execute on all cylinders? Uh, it was it was pretty good. I mean, we had a couple busts here and there. You know, it's that's a typical game, but it, it was pretty good. Everybody was. I feel like everybody had a little bit of, of a more confidence boost because going into that game, we were really worried about uh, Marvin Mims, where he's going to be lined up, the different uh, zigzags he could do, special routes, K routes, all that different type of stuff. But I feel like it boosted everybody's confidence, knowing that we could play and compete with the best in the nation or in our conference. So I feel like yeah, the energy in our locker room uh, definitely boosted from that game. Absolutely. And, you know, also y'all had y'all have a, a pretty solid quarterback, you know, Adrian Martinez, who he's definitely started to reemerge himself is definitely a dark, uh, dark, uh, dark horse candidate for the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he bought out in that game, had himself a career day. So what was it like having a guy like him who's obviously a veteran, played four years in Nebraska, you know, having a leader like that on the team? How has that helped all of y'all as a whole kind of bond together and ultimately led y'all to end up beating? I think at the time they were sixth ranked Oklahoma. Uh, I feel like really just trusting into him and not doubting him, especially after the little two-lane loss, which was a fluke, and anybody will tell you that. Just not doubting him and not bringing him down because he is still a leader of our, our team. And uh, I knew he was going to be the truth at spring ball because he was doing no-look passes. He looked like Patrick Mahomes. He was running 22 miles per hour. He's a great quarterback, so I definitely would never doubt Adrian. Um, great dude outside of football especially. Uh, but yeah, just really believing in him, giving him the confidence he deserves and he needs uh, and showing him that he can do whatever he wants with this offense. Like it, it's his team, it's his offense. So we're going to buy into him regardless. Like that's my dog. So I put 100 percent, all money down on him.
I love to hear that, Kobe. And you know, one one kind one kind of uh, final thing before we do start to slowly wrap things up. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the tech game that y'all just played this past weekend. You yourself, you had I think it was a forced fumble, right? Yeah, yeah. Now talk to me a little bit about how that play was for you because that was such a technically sound play. Like I mean, you absolutely just knocked that dang ball out of that player's hand. So talk to me a little bit about how that tech game went because you know. Tech was coming off an upset win against uh, Texas. Y'all were coming off an upset win over OU. You know, how did that, how was the energy kind of in that game for y'all personally? Because, you know, both of y'all were coming off really high points. So how did that game kind of go? I feel like it was a really uh, energetic game for the first quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter. The second quarter, it kind of died down. We were giving up some, some just dumb little stuff. But I feel like everybody was trying to really turn it up this game. Uh, Khalid Duke and Felix both had three sacks each. Uh, Julius Brantz, Austin Moore had an interception. It was just, it was a high, a highly anticipated game. I feel like we, we should have probably played on Fox, but I, I'm fine with ESPN Plus. But it, it was a, it was a great game. Both teams had a lot of energy. Um, I feel like our defense, we were playing a, a little bit better, but uh, we were giving up just some, just some dumb zone, just open zone coverages. But yeah, the energy was definitely high that game. I got you. And, you know, I also got to ask you, too, how did it feel being able to get that forced fumble on that one play? That had to feel like a huge momentum boost, right? Oh, yes, sir. Definitely. Because we were they were in the red zone about the score. I think it was like maybe second and eight or maybe third and four. It was something short, not not too crazy. And we were in a corner blitz cover. So I knew it was going to be probably spacing routes at the sticks. And I seen the X run a spacing route right at the stick. And then the back ran a flat. And he probably thought he'd get the leverage on me. So I just kept my outside leg and just punched the ball through and wrapped his leg up to just make sure and hope the cavalry came to pick up the ball. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I'm super excited. And it hurts me to say it as a TCU fan, but I mean, seriously, I'm excited to see what y'all K-State Wildcats do, man. I love I love underdog stories. And obviously, y'all are definitely at that point right now. And, you know, also y'all's in-state rival, Kansas, they're kind of, yeah. you know, doing their thing. But obviously, y'all need to focus on y'all and – you know, Kobe, just a few more questions I have for you before we do wrap things up. But the first one I want to ask you is, whether it's past, present, college football or NFL, what player do you feel like your play style resembles the most and why? Um, I'd say, man, I don't know. I've been, I've been getting a lot of comparisons here lately. Uh, somebody said I play a little bit like Troy Polamalu. Um, another person said a little bit of Buda Baker. I'd probably say a little mix between those two. Uh, I try to I try to incorporate Troy Polamalu's effort and heart and just passion just to get the ball. Like all he thinks is about is getting the ball out or just stopping a, a run play or maybe a quarterback sneak. So I, I, if, if anything, I try to model my game after Troy. I got you. I got you. And, you know, you could even pull off the look like Troy Polamalu. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. you grow out the hair a little bit more. You might yeah. be able to get it, you know, the heads and shoulders and everything like that. But Definitely. but uh, anyway, Kobe, you know, just one final thing I want to ask you is, and this is going to be the most important question. So I'm telling you, you do not want to mess this one up. Um, So right before game time, right before you're about to head out of the locker to head out or right before you're about to head out of the locker room to head out into the tunnel and everything like that. But while you're sitting in your locker, you got your headphones on, got your AirPods in, whatever you've got on. What is your go-to pregame hype song and why? Oh, man, that's a good question. I'd say I have a really, really a mix between three. Okay, and let me let me hear him. Let me hear him. The first one is uh, Bloody Night by Youngboy. Okay. The second one is um, 
Trap Motivation by Lil Jeremy and Tilly Cinco. Okay. And then the third one is uh, New Watch by Lil Jeremy. Hey, there you go. Hey, I love how you got some of the underground guys, too. or some, yeah. some, Not underground, some of the more underrated guys out yeah, there. And you can't go wrong with Young Boy. That's pretty much just you want to get turned. That's the way to go. Hey, I'm just glad, honestly, and I'm gonna tell you this. I'm glad you did not say dreams and nightmares because I've had way too many of way too many of them uh, telling me that. But no, nah, it's overplayed. Hey, I mean, I hey, nothing wrong with Meek. Meek's a legend, definitely. but man, y'all got to switch it up at some point. <laughs> definitely, yeah. But no, uh, Kobe, seriously, thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to come on here to the Cover Seven podcast, and for everybody out there that's listening to today's episode, please make sure to go show my guy Kobe some love. I'm going to leave all of his socials, player links, everything like that. I'm going to leave it all down below in the description of today's episode. Kobe, thank you again, seriously, for coming on, man. I absolutely had a blast today, and I look forward to seeing what you continue to do with the, uh, the silver and purple. For sure. Thank you for having me. Hey, absolutely, Kobe.